Hi, I'm Kevin DeCristofano. I'm Sean Flanagan. We are the Ninja Turtle Nerds, your weekly podcast where we discuss the Ninja Turtle comics one drunken Casey issue at a time. (laughs) (laughs) And this week we have a special guest with us. We were able to wrangle somebody in to talk about these image comics. We have Lenny, who you might remember from last season. Hey, guys, how's it going? Good to see you. Looking good. You know what's funny, Lenny? I looked when I invited you into the the chat here, and it was almost exactly a year ago that we recorded the last really? episode. Wow. It was it was off by like a week. <laughs> oh my god! No way! <laughs> Isn't that so weird? It's amazing. Originally <laughs> yeah, that... in March, we summoned Lenny. The eyes come out in March. The eyes. Whoa! Anyway, <laughs> it's amazing. Well, it's very nice to see you guys. You guys are looking virile. I like it. <laughs> so, what have you been up to in the in the last year? Oh gosh, I'm going. Be- I'm starting theater back up. I'm doing. I'm starting. I'm going to be directing a film next month. Well, not next month. This year, I'm starting to nice. raise money for the film. Uh, yeah, I'm doing a uh, a werewolf film of all things. Ooh. And uh, I can't say enough about it. How much fun it's going to be. It's not enough werewolves in the Ninja Turtle comics. Now that I think about it, they could have a mutant no. wolf. I mean, there's Alapex, yeah. I yeah, guess. Yeah, easily. Yeah. <laughs> easily, in fact. I wouldn't call Alapex a werewolf. Yeah. Right. Reza. That's yeah. Right. There you go. Um, yeah, so, so that's cool. Check uh, that t- out. Why don't you tell the <laughs> listeners, if they didn't uh, hear the last episode you were on recently, what your background with the Ninja Turtles are? Well, I can tell you some things about it. I love the Ninja Turtles. Uh, I'm a writer and I'm a director. I do plays and uh, I do theater. I do um, I do film. I love the Ninja Turtles. I've loved the Ninja Turtles since I was you know a young kid. I love the original cartoon series. I love the original you know Mirage series. I was obsessed with them for a really long time, and uh, I discovered you know my puberty through the Ninja Turtles. Uh, it's great. <laughs> I'm telling you, we got fired tonight. Right. <laughs> That's great. You know, I mean, April O'Neil. My God, thank God for her. <laughs> Uh, I don't mean to objectify her to all the ladies in the audience, but she was very pretty, and I felt like she, we could have a relationship. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, you know, I, I, I really loved the turtles. I thought they were just – I just thought there was so, so much invention. And over the years, I get to meet, like, Peter, Larry, and I get to meet uh, Kevin Eastman a few times, actually, Kevin. And um, I just think that it's such a nice – it's local. So it's, like, local from, like, Massachusetts, basically. Yeah. It's, a re- it's a really wonderful success story. And there's something that everyone loves about the Ninja Turtles, you know? Kevin, you and, Kevin and Peter seem to have this very, like, uh, Stan Lee and, and Steve Ditko thing going where, like, right. Peter's very much a, a, a rec- like, very much a recluse and, like, yeah. very, like, he yeah. doesn't ever come out. And Kevin's out there, you know, making connections and – you and Kevin, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, him, though, you know? <laughs> I love but, uh, Kevin. Kevin's a wonderful human being, really. I mean... Oh, yeah. He took uh, the time to do an interview on our show, so he yeah, didn't have yeah, to do that. That's automatically thumbs up. He, I think I told you guys, he wanted an introduction for a play I was doing. Just did a recording for it. He was so cool about it. Really oh, nice. Like yeah, really nice guy. I like Kevin a lot. He's very, very cool. And I have a lot to say about these issues since I have such a Kevin, I have such Kevin respect. That these issues for image, they crawl up me for some reason. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you all about them. <laughs> I have things to tell you. 
We're going to have words about Gary oh, Carlson in a boy. few minutes, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> All right, so yeah, that's actually probably a good transition to start talking about the issue here. So today's episode, we're talking about issue seven of the Image Comics Ninja Turtles run. It's an untitled uh just like the rest of them, they're all untitled on image. Cover artist was Frank Fosco. Story by Gary Carlson. Pencils, Frank Fosco. Inks, Andrew Pepoy. Lettering, Chris Alopoulos. And colors by Adam Gazowski on the IDW version. Yeah. Original's black and white. It came out, it's got a cover date of February of 1997. So let's go take a look at what was going on in the world in February of 97 real quick. I love this. <laughs> So the movies that came out in February of 97, we've got The Beautician and the Beast. Talk to the hands. <laughs> I know all about movies that came out that year. I went to see all, including that piece of crap. Dante's Peak. Oh, Dante's Peak was great. Dante's Peak. Uh, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Terrible movie, but Roger Donaldson, phenomenal director. Just, just anyway, the dog in that film. Anyway, that's a long story. Volcanoes. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> you know what's funny? It was either last episode or the episode before that this movie came up, but Fools Rush In. Oh, remember with, um, Matthew Perry and Salma Hayek. Yes. Yeah, we were talking about how that movie is such a basic premise by today's standards. Like, the movie is basically like, look, he's getting along with a Hispanic woman. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like that's exactly. the whole premise of the movie. Oh, my God, yeah. That movie could solve American problems. Right. That movie could solve America. Ninety-seven, when Matt Perry was a box office draw. Oh my god! <laughs> well, I don't know about that, man. I think the movie bombed. To be honest with you, I think it did too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was no, Selma I, Hayek, right? Yeah, it's Selma yeah. Hayek. I think, yeah. I think the problem was the, the executives were the fools that rushed in. <laughs> <laughs> And there's never been a, a more apt title for a film in my, you know, anywhere. <laughs> Greenlighted. One of them from that show that's popular said yes. Exactly. So, One of them said yes. Oh, God, it's not Matt Also Lebron. out that month, That Darn Cat. Oh, jeez. I remember that. Best movie ever. Um, <laughs> Booty Call, which is a movie they talked about on, um, what was the name of that podcast? Uh, no One Can Know About This. They did uh, a funny little segment on booty call. Oh, uh, gosh. I mean, it's sick. And Donnie Brasco is the last oh, movie I have here. That was great. Pacino, that's the last time we saw Pacino not, like, you know, chew up scenery. Yep. Like, he was, he was very good in that movie. You know, very Depp, Johnny, Depp was, yeah, Johnny Depp was fantastic in that, too, actually. Yeah, he really was. I mean, um, you couldn't really like, get my charger in because I don't want to lose myself mid-call. Uh, yeah, Johnny <laughs> Depp was... Uh, Johnny Depp was awesome in that movie. That was that was a good movie, actually. And I, I still holds up, I feel. So the Billboard number one songs, Unbreak oh, My boy. Heart by Tony Braxton was number oh, one geez. until February 22nd. And ah, then it was dethroned by Wannabe by the Spice Girls. They took oh, over. Oh, my gosh. And I've said before that I think we're getting closer to Sean and I's era of music. Yeah. And I have yeah. to say, Sean, looking ahead... This is the first time that for the whole rest of the year, like I know all the songs without having to look any of them up. So, so we we are officially in the era of music that I remember, starting right. with "Wannabe" right. by the Spice Girls. Right. Not that I didn't know anything up till now. It was just like very hit or miss, and it right. it looks like at this point I'm like, all right, I know all these songs. Yep. And then came Gary Carlson. Yep. <laughs> Bring Gary Carlson. <laughs> 
Some other stuff that was happening at the time, the cover of Nintendo Power was Mario Kart 64. Oh my god, I remember that one, yeah. It says 12-page crash course. And then it says double score, GoldenEye 007 and Turok Dinosaur Hunter. GoldenEye is a weird, it's an impossible game to alphabetize because sometimes the 007 is at the beginning, sometimes it's after GoldenEye. I don't know where it officially belongs. Yeah, it's a good game, though. I remember it being really good. Oh, yeah. It was like a a rare game or something like that. It was a collectible, I think, at one point, too. I think just everybody wants it. Yeah, it's a good game. I don't know if it's rare. It just sells quick. It sells quick, yeah. So TV events. February 7th, the Chris Rock Show premiered on HBO. Nice. February 9th on Fox, The Simpsons airs the episode The Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie Show. And (laughs) with... With this episode, The Simpsons surpassed the Flintstones as the longest-running primetime animated series in terms of episodes aired. Wow. I must go back to my home. <laughs> February 15th, Gargoyles ends after three seasons and 78 episodes. Wow. February 22nd. No one else is going to care about this, but Sea Bear and Jamal ends after two seasons and... 13 episodes. It was a cartoon. Wow. Do any of you even know what that show is? Nope. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It was a show that I liked for some reason. Uh, I don't know why I liked it so much, but it was uh, Tone Tone Loke, you know, the rapper. Wow, yeah. Totally. Yeah. I, yeah, he was the voice of, like, a, a, a kid's, like, teddy bear. Um, Holy crap. And I don't remember much else about the show, but, yeah, that was the show. Had tw- 13 episodes. Oh, wow. Familiar. February 23rd, Schindler's List makes its network television debut on NBC. The film is broadcast virtually unedited and is the first telecast to receive a TVM, now TVMA, rating. I remember Um, they made a huge deal out of that being on Uncut. What I remember about it is I have like a vivid memory of being in school the next day. And I don't remember which teacher this was, but our listeners wouldn't know them anyway. Um, but I remember being in class and a teacher asking if anybody watched it last night and someone in the class said something about how they showed naked people on TV. And I remember the teacher responding with something to the effect of like, I hope you got more out of it than just that they showed naked people on TV. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I remember seeing that in the theater and, uh, I tell, I'm, I'm, again, I said to before I'm Jewish. Uh, and I went to Hebrew school and they're like, you have to go see this film. Like it was a requirement of, we had ex, we had like Hebrew, like, like, uh, extended Hebrew studies. They made it a requirement to go see the film. And, uh, I oh. was just like, I was just like watching it. I couldn't believe it. I was just like, man. And then it came on TV and my, and my parents were like, Hey, you want to watch it? I'm like, this is not going to be a fun night guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know too many yeah. people are like, you know, we should, let's just throw on Schindler's list. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, let's watch something that that isn't as painful to watch, like the Cosby Show. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> Today that joke would work really well. <laughs> and the last, the last little frame of reference I have here is Saturday Night Live. February 8th was hosted by Nev Campbell of Fox's wow. Party of Five with musical guest David Bowie. Wow. February 15th was hosted by Chevy Chase with musical guest Live. Wow. Oh, boy. 
So Chevy Chase, I think that literally since we started this segment, the third time he's come back to host. Like he he didn't have a whole lot else going on, I guess, in the nineties. Well, he had the Chevy Chase show. Remember that thing? Yeah, nope. yeah. I feel like awful. I feel like it was like a thing where like if he was like, all right, I'm going to be in New York this weekend. Lauren, do you need a host? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he was hated. Like he's hated on that show. Gonna say oh, yeah. you can't be that hated to be yeah. hosting it three times already. Yeah, I keep well, saying the best Saturday Night Live like mm-hmm. text out there. Read live from New York. It's oh, the it's best. Amazing. The best it's bathroom amazing. book because yeah. none of the stories are more than a page long, but yeah. they like so you could just leave it in the bathroom, read it yeah. at your own your own pace, yeah. and uh, and yeah, it's 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 like always like they'll take an event of Saturday Night Live history and they'll get an actual interview from every cast member that was there for it. Right. So I'm surprised they haven't updated that book. That's yeah. true. I think it goes up to the Tina Fey cast, and that's as far as it goes. Yeah, but they get boring. I mean, they're not interesting people anymore. They're kind of bland. I mean, these people stop doing drugs, and you know, uh, you know, maybe it's just like, oh, we smoke pot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we so can't. Bad, you know? We have to what hold out it? hope for the weekend update anchors right now because they're writing the new Ninja Turtle movie. So, Are they really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Colin Jostin, what his name is? Yes. Yep. So. Have to hold out some hope for Colin. Oh, God, man, no, no, they're, they're gonna make it jokey. Oh, jeez. And uh, Michael Chi, yeah, he's yeah, they're, not, they're okay, you know. I mean, <laughs> the, I think I think Saturday Night Live well, used to be so brilliant. Like, I mean, it had such great things. And uh, and I say and I say this, but it's like I don't. I remember them being like like really topical on top of things, mm-hmm. like really like the satirists. They were sat, they were satire, and um. I just the thing that's so disappointing about them is that they're not really satire anymore. Just no, and a lot a lot of times they're just calling back their own history. Like I mean, this isn't this isn't a recent thing, but you remember when uh, Jimmy um, Fallon was on and he had a reoccurring sketch that was basically just an updated Wayne's World. Like he was him and his friend were on like a webcam. And I was yeah, always yeah. like, this is, this is just an updated Wayne's world. That's all this is. Yeah. And, and they can't, and it, I think the last time I thought Saturday Night Live was really funny, uh, I thought it was, I, I tried watching and I can't get through it. The only time I thought it was funny was when Eddie Murphy hosted. Mm, that was really one. good. Yeah. Oh, uh, he, 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 he did all of his own skits. And what was amazing about that, because Eddie Murphy's had a kind of a career where he's more missed than hit, I think, but after the yeah. 80s. Uh, very much more than missing hit, like Pluto Nash, geez. But what was amazing to me was he literally hit every beat perfectly on yes. his, and it was amazing. Like, he didn't miss a beat. Like it was like, incredible. And it showed that there's still a talent in there that's just dead inside, basically, yeah. you know? So, <laughs> and that's the thing. I mean, to, you should be able to, live. to come back and make Velvet Jones relevant still and funny. Yeah. That that's incredible. was talent. impressive. Yeah, but he was he was doing Mr. Ro- he did Mr. Robinson's neighborhood. Yeah. And I haven't seen I've that in like what, like thirty years, maybe, maybe longer. And you're watching it like, wow, this guy has not missed a beat. It's so incredible to watch. Like, I mean, like so that that one episode. And then he did crap. He's like, I'm doing Coming to America too, and you're like, oh, hold on, Eddie. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the. That's 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 all the Saturday Night Live notes I have. Is all I was that's saying. Right, I didn't mean to interrupt right. you. I sorry. Topic. I told you yeah. to have five tonight. <laughs> so, Sean, tell the listener where they can find this glorious comic book. 
you can get this on Comixology and in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Urban Legends Volume 1. I feel like every time you ask me to do that now, it's like we're on the prices right. <laughs> like, I just announced the prizes. Oh, you're going to get a big wheel, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this cover here, it's a very red cover. They they had a sale on red ink that month over at Image Comics Printers. They certainly um, did. <laughs> God. That just left from Spawn. Throw it on the turtles. Oh, God. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's pretty much all red, and it's got Raphael uh, in front of a couple of Foot Clan ninja, and they're uh, they're kind of like bowling pins. They're all in like a triangle formation. <laughs> I don't know if that was intentional. Probably not. It's designed. <laughs> but uh, yeah, not not the best cover we've had this season, but not the worst. It's it's yeah. passable. It's, it's weird that there's a lot of dead space at the bottom here. Right. It's weird, that that it has, it's weird that there's one foot soldier at the front that they half drew, when if they just moved everyone down, he'd fit on the cover. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. It's very weird. And I, I honestly, call me crazy, I think it would look better if, like, the sigh... Like, it came, the image came down and the sigh were in the, cor- the bottom corners of the comic... But maybe they they feel like it wouldn't look like they were jumping if it right. was down that low. We're we're yeah. right back to goofy size, so we we only yeah. had that brief bit of normal size. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I don't know if it's this issue or next issue, but I've got an issue with with something yeah. about the size they have. In, I have in an here. issue with this whole this whole image run. You guys are gonna hate me <laughs> for this one, but I was just called the, the, the I was just saying the elephant in the room. This issue sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, it sucks. I mean, it's not, it's not that terrible. It's just actually worse. So you know the whole story about how this happened, right? The Image Comics? Do you ever, do you ever hear the story? I would oh. love to hear I, what something I possibly don't know. We've made, a, we've had a lot of speculation on the show here. Um, but yeah. I, I yeah. know it, basically what we've said on the show is they did volume two, which I know they wanted to go on forever, but. It just seemed like they didn't have the staffing for it because there was delay after delay after delay. And what it seems like is there was one point where there was an eight-month delay in between issues, and it seems like that's when they negotiated the Image Comics start because very soon after that eight-month delay, Volume 2 ended. So Yeah. So. I'm gonna say, I'll call it what, what, what a spade is spade. So I love, I love the Mirage books so much. I love, I love, you know, just think they're fantastic. Like this City at War was one of my favorite storylines of Turtles of all time. It's amazing. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Even Jim Lawson's art, it really is one. I love that. So then I heard there was this, so I'm not, did you guys collect image comics during the nineties at all or image at all? So uh, image, I, so, yeah. I had a handful. I had, um, Believe it or not, I know a lot of kids my age had Spawn. In my neighborhood, I don't know which household started this, but we had a lot of Savage Dragon going on oh, in my yeah. neighborhood. I don't yeah, know well, why. That's, that's funny segue. That's how it actually happened. So I, the Turtles were, were kind of faltering at this point, like as far as like, um, you know, being the movies kind of were, you know, we kind of had the Secret of the Use that happened, you know, all the things that happened early in the 90s. And then you had the, I don't want to say the lesser films, but you know, Kevin, you know, Kevin, I think was, was hurting from the tundra, the tundra fallout. You guys know about the tundra fallout that he had. 
he, he bought a company and it just, it, it, I oh, told, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, I think I might have told you guys at that point, but it's a huge thing. So he needed money. And, uh, Eric Larson, this is, he's a guy responsible. And I like Savage, the beginning of Savage Dragon. And I do think Eric yep. Larson does have talent, but I think he's so involved in this Kirby esque. I, I don't think Aaron, Eric Larson has improved as an artist in 30 years almost, I think at this point. It sounds terrible to say. He's a really nice guy. Um, but actually 25 years, I'd say. But he was doing Savage Dragon again. In the second issue of Savage Dragon, the turtles make an appearance. And yep. that, yep. that was, that, and that, that was when, you know, he basically had to pay money for that, I'm sure. But I'm sure he's a Turtles fan. And then Eric Larson, that's why you'll notice him doing some covers and doing a lot of things. He, I guess, bought the Turtles or he bought it for Image. Something, it was something like that. I have to look up the history of it. But yeah, I was like, oh, cool, because it could be really cool. Like Image, image yeah. it was a cool thing, the industry. Image, uh, image uh, Turtles sounds amazing. It's, you know, it's the newest thing, the newest in creative properties. And then you look at it and you're like, what the hell is going on? Like, I mean, yeah. you know, and, and I, I think that, I think that Eric Larson, I love him to death, but he's so into that Jack Kirby kind of view of things that he hired a guy, and I'm going to say Gary Carlson. I mean, Gary Carlson is probably a wonderful human being. He did a thing with, with, um, with Eric Larson before Sarah Dragon, uh, called Vanguard. He created Vanguard, I guess. And, uh, he, he, Eric Larson gave Gary Carlson the scripting job and Frank Fosco. And he's on top tier guys. Like, I mean, he's on people that I'd put on a Ninja Turtle book. You want to, you know, it would have been cool to see like image. Oh, Eric Larson's drawing the book or, Hey, you know what? Rob Liefeld's doing an issue. Well, hell, even Todd McFarlane's doing an issue. You know, anyone, mm. Jim Valentino, I didn't take Valentino at a certain point, but that was, and unfortunately, I just get to, it's almost like you watch your childhood get bastardized. And that's why I hate it so much because <laughs> even as a kid, I was kind of like, what is this? Like Donatello's like a robot or something like that, you know? Which is fine, but they, they did that again, I think, in um, the uh, IDW books, but it was so smart in the IDW books. It was so well done. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is just like, okay, we're putting in elements to put in elements. And Frank Well, Fosco the thing about the IDW, when yeah. they did it in IDW, and we'll get there in a few seasons, yeah. is they built to it. Because, yeah. spoilers yeah. for IDW, but Donatello basically gets put inside Metalhead. So, like, yeah. years and years, uh, not years, but a lot of issues before that, they introduce Metalhead, and it's and, and Metalhead's around for a little bit, and it's yeah. an organic switch. Whereas this, yeah. issue one, <laughs> he's yeah. falling out of the helicopter, and then yeah. by, like, the third page of issue two, he's a robot now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, so quick and out of nowhere. I, yeah, it literally did it. And, it, and it took away everything you loved about Turtles. And you, and I'm, I, I said, which one is this one? I'm like, oh, it's this. you guys have told me about this. I'm like, I am definitely not reading issues one through six. I remember reading them as a kid, being like, what is going on? Like, why am I, why is, why am I getting so? They, they didn't, they just did things like, like this threw stuff out in the story when it mm-hmm. didn't make any sense. And I just, I just sat there and I'm reading it. And I'm like, ugh, the whole time, ugh. You know, um, and I, I don't know. I just, I even like looking at it today. I just like look at the art. I'm like, did anyone care to look at these? Or were just at a certain point, I think they were just publishing money, like an image. And they were just publishing money at a certain point. No matter what they touched, it was money. So why not the turtles? You know, why not give it to some friends that aren't as talented? You know, you know, but it really doesn't stand the test of time. And I remember them being, um, black and white, which I don't care if they're black and white. I, I'm glad IDW is recalling them. But I think I uh-huh. think this series didn't actually end. I think at a certain point, is am I right about that? It didn't, but IDW gave it an official ending when they reprinted it. Yeah. So 
Well, there was a fan ending, which we're gonna I'm gonna try to track down and talk about on the podcast this season because you're right the the this volume didn't have an official ending when it first was published, yeah. and for the longest time on the internet you could find this like fan version. I think it's two issues that they made um, that ended that did an end to the so- story. But yeah. now IDW has done an official ending, so we're definitely going to talk about that as well. Right. So what is even this issue even about? What's even going on at this point? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, Sean, take us through the summary. So, page one, we get Mikey. I I do. You may. I kind of like that Lenny's not all for this. It's going to keep it interesting. But yeah. you get a very sad Mikey on the roof holding one of Shadow's dolls. Yeah. And I feel like just the way they colored it, you can tell he's sad. Yeah. Yeah, in the original one, they didn't color it, so for me, it was kind of like, what am I looking at? Is he depressed? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with him? So, <laughs> C- Cyborg Donnie comes up and rains on his parade. and yeah. uh, Mikey's convinced that Shadow was kidnapped, and Donnie's like, she just, she just wandered off. I was kind of taken aback by how little the Turtles are concerned right now for Shadow's well-being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess in the 90s, they weren't as worried about these types. You know, keep in mind, this is like yeah. pre-To Catch a Predator, like pre-All all that hype. Like, I yeah. think, I mean, I agree. I, I definitely agree with you that they should be a little more concerned. But I think at yeah. the same time, I think it was more common for parents to, like, misplace a kid <laughs> in the 90s. <laughs> in the 90s, yeah. Yeah, my parents certainly, yeah, my parents misplaced me in the nineties. I'm not gonna lie, I picked up this issue and I was like, Oh god, find me parents, please. <laughs> I got misplaced I got misplaced at Disney World. It was scary. Yeah, um well I forget how it happened, but I remember the thing that made it worse was uh I was like seven and my logic was when I got separated from my parents, I, I went to the exit because I'm I'm thinking, Okay, well at some point they're gonna have to come out of there. And I'll be here at the exit waiting for them. Well, apparently when they lost me, they spent forever inside looking for me <laughs> oh. and wouldn't come out. Um, so I don't know. What they should have done was one of them looked for me and one of them gone out the exit. But that didn't happen. Right, right, right. right, right. <laughs> what they oh. should have done is talk to Leo to go talk to Charlie the Homeless Guy is what they should have done. They should have done, right. <laughs> Charlie the Homeless Guy. So they, they go talk to Charlie, the homeless guy who... Oh, I just want to clarify something. I just realized how that sounded. It was the exit to a ride, not the exit to the whole park. Oh. <laughs> okay. Sorry. It was not a, not a ride. I think it was the uh, it was some treehouse thing, but okay, go oh, on. Oh, treehouse. Yeah, it's still <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. So, yeah. Your picture's there, too. Like, don't be like this kid. Like it was yesterday. Charlie, who's living in the refrigerator box that April gave him, Shadow was very upset, was given away, has been brutally murdered. (laughs) And on closer inspection, Donnie thinks that the wounds look like side points. Yeah. It just feels like a, a, a dig at Raph for no reason. (laughs) I believe that's my, that was my, my, like gripe was when you know you know earlier I said I got something to complain about Psy. What he says is that there's three puncture wounds. It looks like they were made by Psy, and I'm like that's not what Psy 
do. Like we've talked about it on this podcast. They have a rounded tip. They're not three knives. I don't think Raph would kill Charlie, the homeless guy. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. But I think Raph gets blamed for everything in the turtles in this, in this run. You know what I mean? Like the toilet seat fluff. Oh, it must be Raph. You know? Oh, <laughs> yeah. what's going on? You know? You know? God, so, thank God. Yeah. This seemed like a kind of the time quote from Leo. So they're trying to figure out who would have kidnapped her, and they bring up Komodo, and Leo goes, no, I saw her on CNN that he is really looking <laughs> Taiwan. I'm like, okay, cable TV is a thing. So yeah. they, they finally come to the conclusion that it must be the Foot Clan, and Raph sticks up for them because apparently in the interim between Volume 2 and 3, he started hanging out with the Foot Clan. Which we so established a few issues ago. I'll give that to them. They they did say there was an issue a few issues ago where they told Raphael, like, hey, go talk to your connections in the Foot Clan or something. So they seeded that. So Raph and Leo argue. Leo says they're just a bunch of hired killers and criminals. And Raph kind of throws it back at him with, that's what ninjas do, Leo. Like, stop <laughs> acting like we killed anybody. So... Raph gets his little detective moment. He, you know, it almost looks like he jumped directly from the, the crown to the roof. Like the way this is drawn. So, yep. I guess, I guess he has super jumping, but Raph takes off to go, you know, ask the foot clan what's up. I think it's funny. He sneaks into their lair, but he's buddies <laughs> with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Maybe yeah. he doesn't want, you know, people knowing there's anybody in there. Right. Well, I do it to Kevin all the time. Ooh, I'm behind <laughs> you. <laughs> what the hell? You invited me on the podcast, you know? I didn't even have ah. my house, you know? God. Stupid Carrie Carlson. <laughs> it's dumb. I mean, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's just bad writing. It's not, like, thought out. Anyway. <laughs> so, Raph is, uh... <laughs> Standing in the middle of a bunch of foot that I, they're a little redesigned. I, I have yet to not like the look of the foot in the comic so far. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's remained pretty consistent. Though I feel like the mask, the Casey mask Raph has changes size, like sizes throughout the whole issue. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like when like the Spider-Man mask will, will make impossible facial like faces. Yeah. It's just like that kind of comic book logic. Yeah. So the turtles go back to Casey and April's. April's talking to the police. Uh, they go in the apartment and Casey is yelling and throwing stuff at Mikey. And Casey, well, he's throwing yeah. stuff out the door and then Mikey just walks in. <laughs> All right, unintentionally throws yeah. something at Mikey. Throws his but, typewriter out. Yeah. He's, he's, and his he toaster. A, yeah. Can't take <laughs> toast down. So Casey's very upset at the uh, disappearance of Shadow, and he's telling the turtles to get out. And then image April, because, yes, she, she looks very different <laughs> in this version comes in and reminds Casey that his mother sold April this place for a good price and that it is not up to him to kick the turtles out. So not Casey, for a good price, though. She says, like, she didn't even work with me on the price when she found out you'd be living here. Right. <laughs> Give us a 
Right. I'm sorry. So Casey continues to rant about, you know, Shadow being missing. April tries to comfort him, and I, I don't know. I know Casey's been a jerk before, but he tells April, you don't even care. You're jealous of Shadow, of Gabby. You want a baby of your own, don't you? <laughs> don't you? And then he just storms out. I thought he was going to break in the song the way you were saying it. (laughs) Don't you forget about me. (laughs) This is obviously obviously the writer working on his problems on the pitch. I mean, let's be honest. (laughs) It's terrible. Yeah, it could be. (laughs) Lenny, I'll give you the slam. Looks like they just put a sticker on the panel. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you that. We go back to Raphael meeting with the three. There's no Mary Kelleher letters. Yeah, right, right. Oh, God. The foot say, so you're here because you think we're involved. He's like, no, no, my brothers think that. I don't think you're involved. Yeah. And like, well, guess what, jerk? We are involved. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. It's the weirdest conversation ever. <laughs> hey, you're not so here because you think we did that, are you? Because we did that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on. So Raph gets mad, says he's going to go to, you know, to Karai. Mm-hmm. The Foot Clan explained that there's infighting within the organization itself, and Karai is presumed dead. So this is the first time she's been mentioned. Yeah, I thought that was very interesting because I I didn't even have any memory of her being in this part of the volume. And it's it's just the mention was like, oh, okay, like there's a lot in this issue that connects it to volume two that like nothing before this issue has really like connected it much. You know what I mean? Right. Because there's that there's the conversation about how April bought the apartment from Casey's mom. There's I feel like there's something else where they they talked about like uh a city at war event or something. But, uh, yeah, they're doing a lot of filling the reader in on previously on Ninja Turtles. Right, right. So the Foot Clan tell Raph if he wants to know where Shadow is, he has to go kill a guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. He gets all the way, spoiler alert, he gets all the way there before he realizes he doesn't want to. (laughs) Which I thought was weird. I, like, I don't know. I guess it is in Raph's personality, but... It's in, it's that total comic book logic where when you don't see, when it's not reality, like in yeah. reality, you'd have the whole trip on the way there <laughs> to think about this. And like, I don't know, like go on with the story, but like, I, I just, I, I nitpicked that. I was like, wow, like at no point in the journey from there to this guy's apartment did he realize, Hey, uh, I don't want to do this. So in defense of the writing a little bit. Oh, do um, it, do it. The turtles in April, and she actually gets a really nice moment here where one of the turtles asks, have you ever been tired of playing Den Mother to us? And she said, I did once. And then she mentions in volume two how they were all separated. That's what the other connection was, yeah. 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 And uh, she's afraid now that when Gabrielle died, part of Casey died. Mm. And she's afraid of losing the rest of him. And I thought, considering that mm-hmm. April's not really given much to do, yeah. this is a really great character moment for her. Even right. though it's a 
stuff from Volume Two, which mm-hmm. were way past. Right. Right. But at least this is like character progression for April, which sometimes yeah. we don't always get. Like, right. remember I when agree. we talked about the TMNT movie and we were like, where did this April come from? She's nothing like the April in the last movie. We need to right. know more. And, and we didn't get it there. So the Foot Clan are nice enough to escort Raphael to the building he has to infiltrate. <laughs> What I was reading, I, I thought it was, here's the guy, here's where he is, go. Yeah. No, hold on, I'll get... <laughs> so in <laughs> non-defense of Gary Carlson's writing, <laughs> <Can> I... <laughs> terrible. <laughs> they need to watch. <laughs> so Raph uh, infiltrates the penthouse, and I kind of liked his inner monologue of being disappointed by Big Tony Puzzarelli. Right. It's like this, the kingpin of New York, and he's like, this is the guy? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, that's cool, you know. But yeah, as Raph is like inside the penthouse, he's like, eh, I don't want to kill him. Leo's right. That would just be being a criminal like the Foot Clan. So, I don't know. Raph's very wishy-washy on what ninja is to him. So the lights, yeah, this, this, on. these events felt very like Tim Sale, Jeff Loeb, Batman, yeah. in, in like Long Halloween. yeah, something like that. Yeah, I don't think it was out yet, but it right. still reminded me of it. Was it ninety seven? What time? When, when did that come out? Uh, Long Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, Long I think Halloween. That, earlier than this, actually, I think it is like ninety four. I think it's like ninety. I might be wrong on that though. All right, I'm I'm looking it up real quick, but I I think you I mean you would know more than I would. <laughs> yeah, I think it might be. Um, I remember because Tim Sale was thinking about this now. It could be ninety four, ninety five. I'm thinking because I think Tim Sale was working on like Legends of the Dark Knight as far as like this Legends of the Dark Knight series back in like the ninety two, nine ninety one, basically. Well, ninety six. It says 96, so the year before this. So it very well could have been hot off the heels of Long Halloween, and that's why it feels like this. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Last Halloween, by the way, guys, the the Halloween one, the Long Halloween, is brilliant. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) yeah, it really is. Anyway, go ahead. (laughs) The light flicks on, and Casey discovers that Shadow is uh, here, but kind of being held against her will, but not, like, in the way you know. She's being gaslit, basically. Like, she's not there against her will, but they've made her, they're trying to basically make her think, like, everything with Casey and April wasn't real, and, like, this is where she belongs. It gets, they get more into it next issue. Right. My favorite panel in this issue is Raph saying, no, it can't be Shadow. And it's probably just because it's the color version, but they do a very good job of him just being, like, shocked. And all it is is a close-up of his eye in the mask. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think they that moment really well. But mm-hmm. at the same time, maybe, you know, if you've been listening to the show, you know sound effect porn's like a thing I like. Sometimes it feels lazy in image. Yeah. Because, again, it just looks somebody scrawled, scream. Yeah, across yeah, yeah. the three panels. <laughs> Here you go, yep. yep. So the, the mob bosses and forcers kicking the door, just start shooting. 
you know, don't hesitate. They they know the kids in there, but they don't even hesitate. With like machine guns too. It's not even just like yeah. like hand it's not even just like handguns. Uzi's machine gun yeah. So you do see Raph stab a guy with the side by throwing it across the room. See, for some reason it doesn't bother me when he throws it, and I think maybe that's from reading all the Daredevil comics and like Bullseye throws everything. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, like yeah. If he throws the sigh and it stabs somebody, that doesn't bother me as much as, like, when they constantly imply that it's basically a knife. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So Raph jumps out the window and grabs the rope, and the Foot Clan tell him, you have failed your task and cut the rope. And the issue ends with Raph falling. Now, I thought it was interesting that this issue doesn't have a to-be-continued or anything. A lot of times, I noticed even back when Mirage was doing it, they aren't consistent with that. And this yeah. is a whole different team of people now. And for some reason, Ninja Turtles can't keep to be continued consistent. Right. Like sometimes it gets it, sometimes it doesn't. I just think they. I just think they're like, well, is it going to be another issue? Freaking, I know. <laughs> That's how it ends. So, so far, they're they're doing pretty good coming out monthly. Right. Right. It does get crazy. But yeah, that, that, that's the issue. And, uh, I don't know, Kevin, what do you rate that? Well, we, our titles. Did you come up with an oh, alternate title. title? I did. So, Lenny, since well, these are untitled, um, comics, we decided we'd do the, the folks at Image Comics a favor, and we're going to yeah. come up with titles for all of these sure, comics. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what did you title this issue? This issue was Footfellas. Like Ooh, that. nice. I got one, too. Okay. Well, what's yours? <laughs> Heroes in a quarter shell. Okay. All right. <laughs> I like it. I can't decide on the wording of this, um, but something to the effect of um, Raph at the end of his rope or the end oh, of like Raph's that. rope. Yeah, the yeah. end of Raph's rope. I think that okay. works. The end of Raph's rope. The end of Raph's rope. Yeah, and then as far as far as my rating, I'm sure Lenny's gonna curse me through the call. I actually gave this one four point five because I I thought it was pretty strong overall for what we've read up to this point. Is, is that ten out of ten? That's out of five. <laughs> that makes it even worse. But you yeah, know, I thought the last issue was really boring, so this yeah. was a step up for me. Yeah, sure it was. What was the last one rated? What, how was it rating on that one? I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I went lower. I gave it a four out of five. Um, I, I thought it was a B minus. I think that is. That's an eighty percent. So. Yeah. Uh, we've um, we've seen worse for sure. Oh yeah, that's a but great we, review. We've seen worse for sure, <laughs> but we've also seen better. Like I, I like it. I this wasn't a comic. I think in order to get below four, it has to start being comics where like I stop paying attention and have to reread things, and that never happened during this issue. I was paying right, attention right. the whole time. I got through the issue, um, and I liked most of what I read. But then again, 
I have such like uh, I'm sorry, Lenny. I got blinders yeah. on for anything Ninja Turtles. So. Of course, of course. <laughs> but you got to remember, you guys didn't read this when it first came out. That's the thing. I read this when well, it first came out. We've talked on the show a lot about how I think that actually helps frame it because I first read these comics not when they first came out, but I first read them like right. ten, probably twelve years ago at this point. Yeah, yeah. And I remember the first time I read them, I hated them, mm-hmm. but. Something about the last 10 years where I've been able to put it in, in, and it's probably because the IDW run has been built up so big. Yeah, right. You know what? Now that I think of it, I think when I read these, it was before IDW run had even started. So that frame of reference, I didn't like them because it was more of a permanent stamp at that point. It was like all that's left is volume four and, and, but... But now that I can put it in a frame of reference of a, a temporary point in Turtles history, yeah. I can look at them in that context, and it's it's much better that way. Right, that's that's amazing. I mean, I'm I'm happy that you found that, that you found that piece that you have now. It's really good. I give it one point five. One point five. I I mean, they printed it. That's that's good, right? I'm trying to find positives. They printed it. They got it done on time. I think. Um, yeah. But, you know, the that's a lot. Yeah. That reminds me of, of when I see people score movies online, what you're saying yeah. there is, oh, well, it got printed, so that counts yeah. for something. Counts I hate something. when I see people score movies, like, online, when they're like, one out of ten, can I give it a zero? And I'm always yeah. like, dude, if it has a coherent story, it's at least a three. Like, yeah, if you at yeah. least understood, not, if you understood the story, it's a three. Yeah. If it, because I come from the background of mystery science theater movies. So to me, yeah. a one, is a movie that looks like just a random assembly of footage because right, those right. those movies exist. <laughs> right, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. When you said that. One point two five. I'm lowering it. Doesn't oh. do that. Because <laughs> of your mouth. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. No, I, I I I agree with that. I just I mean like I remember being so just so disjointed as a child. It was kind of like it was kind of like why I was almost like cursing the heavens at this one. Like why is it there? I might want to give it a read through when I'm not like, you know, I, I might, I think the way I would want to read this is read it completely, but read it yeah, again yeah. in the context of all the issues all together and colorized because IDW does a hell of a job colorizing these. I mean, they I really do. I don't know if you read on comiXology digitally, but it's, it's really easy to grab on there. That's how I'm reading it. I think each right. volume is only like 12 bucks on there, which is cheaper right, right. than the printed copies. I think the right. printed copies are like 17, something yeah. like that. So for I just 12, like having them, I just like having them in my hand. It's just it's kind of like an artifact, you know? Yeah, I know. It's just trying to give you an alternate option for something you don't seem too thrilled about. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll comicology it. I'll do that. That sounds good. You know? I agree with you, though, Lenny, that with the colorization, because, yeah. like, the color classics, I know that that's kind of decisive with people because of the original Mirage look. But when Kevin told me the originals were black and white, I was surprised because the color makes more sense to me for image. Right. Well, you right, know, it's right. funny. It's, it's, I wonder how they're doing the scans for the, the digital, uh, yeah, files true. because we, we brought this up on our first, on our, the episode that we did for issue one of image. Um, the back cover was bleeding through on the yeah. digital, like you can see on the digital version. If you look at the cover, you can see it's, what is the inside back cover, like kind of bleeding through on it. It's like you guys don't have this art any cleaner, right? Right, that's amazing. Yeah, I yeah I'm 
Yeah, I just I, I feel the same way. I was like, oh, you know, I, I get it. So uh, I, I sit there. I remember seeing it originally, and I remember it looked, comparatively speaking, to regular image books. It looked like it was sloppy, to be honest with you, when I first saw it. It looked like something that was completely sloppy to me. And I wish it wasn't because I feel like they could have done something with it and done something further with it. I feel like they didn't push enough. They said, all right, we're just going to toss it out to the Turtles book. And let's make some cash. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I think, I think the, I think they're, I think they're very good at what they, I think the critics are, are good for what they tried to bring to it. The issue being though, I don't think they had the, as much talent as they, I think their reach, uh, I think their reach far outseated their, you know, whatever that phrase is, you know, I, I thought they reached far see their grasp or whatever. It just they couldn't hit it, and I feel like I wish they did. So it doesn't sound like you recommend Gary Carlson's uh, Aquaman. Uh, oh no, either. gosh, no! <laughs> <laughs> I love Aquaman. <laughs> another book I know he worked on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think he's a capable writer at best, and I don't I don't think it's really a fault of his. I think he was put on the on IP that he that you know there might be good stuff for him. But I don't think he's ever put out anything for me as far as like writing that has been like, oh my gosh, this is something. He's a standard comic book writer. I don't think he's, I don't think, you know, and that's well, not always a bad thing. Well, know? here's a comic book topic I don't think we've brought up on here before. So yeah. in, in a book like this, yeah. Um, who do you think, uh, who would you hold more responsible for the quality that ends up getting printed and sent to stores? Um, the writer or Eric Larson, who was the yep. editor on all of these, do you think that I, he should have been pushing his writers harder? Or I think it's, I think it's Eric Larson because I honestly believe, I believe it's, and this is, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel. I don't mean to interrupt. Because I don't know much about what the comic book editor yeah, does because I, obviously the writers, whenever you hear them in an interview, they try to downplay the editor like they thought of everything. Yeah, so. I, I honestly believe it's Eric Larson's fault. I think he put together the team. I think he wanted to be the guy who brought back the turtles, and he said, I want to do something a little shocking in a certain way. And mm-hmm. I don't think, I think if at any point, I don't, since I don't think Eric Larson has pushed himself in the last 20 to 30 years, I think it shows in, in this book. He didn't push it, he didn't push his creators far enough. He didn't, you know, Frank Fosco is a capable artist. I'll be honest with you, he's not my favorite. But he's also, he's Eric Larson's also worked on Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I think, I think Frank Fosco is a very capable, like, artist. I really do. I think I'll even give Carrie Carlson a say. Be, just be really honest. I think he's a capable writer. I don't think that Eric Larson brought out his best work, and I don't think that he pushed him enough to say, "Hey, you know what? Let's make this, let's let's develop this." It's not mm-hmm. developed. That's really the issue my, I'm having. They, you know, that's a yeah. good point because what I was just thinking when you said that was I was like I was thinking about how well the the franchise hadn't really even. I don't. I feel like it was still like a molten planet at this point. Yeah, like it hasn't yeah. Solidified uh, its definitive yeah. what we we've come to know of the turtles. Even at yeah. the end of Mirage, they were still figuring things out, and it seems like they got the franchise when it hadn't even been fully figured out yet, and they didn't nail it yet either. And to be honest. I don't think the franchise gets fully nailed to the turtles that I'm like, that's my definitive version until we get to IDW. I agree hundred percent. I feel like this way about the Rocketeer too. I don't feel, I love the Rocketeer. I love the Rocketeer. I actually know um, Dave Stevens uh, sister. I love the Rocketeer. Those original Rocketeer stories are amazing. I was the Rocketeer gonna... for Halloween. We talked about this on a previous episode. Yeah. I love the Rocketeer. I, I know his sister. She's wonderful. Jennifer, if you're listening, you're wonderful. Um, but, um, but he, um, 
when he passed, the problem was he tried. Dave Stevens had, had remarkable stuff he did with the comics. Remarkable. It's unbelievable what he did. However, no one knew what to do with it afterwards. And no one still yeah. knows what to do with it. They don't know what they have. And I feel like that's the same thing with the Turtles. They don't know what they, they had until, I, until somebody said, this is what you had. I feel like Eric mm-hmm. Larson and Addy took time to develop it rather than get it out there. It could have been exactly that. It could have been, this is what you have. And it could have been you, something that was definitive. And this is what, this is something that, you know, we're going to look towards and people are going to point the way to, you know? And you I know what's like, another franchise yeah. that's very much like that? And don't get me wrong, I love the recent IDW run that they did, but another IDW franchise is, um, Ghostbusters. I feel yeah. like yeah. it's very hit or miss. It's very yeah. people either, get it or they don't and when they don't they lean too hard into the real ghostbusters cartoon as a frame of reference and when when they when they do get it it seems like it could have been the third ghostbusters movie but when when they don't get it it's like wow this is like an episode of the cartoon and i feel like that comic went like it 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 had hills and valleys like it it yeah. it wasn't consistent the whole way through right i think you do need that vision person too so and trust somebody yeah. i think kevin eastman was very smart and said tom waltz tom waltz has a vision tom waltz yeah. is a guy mm-hmm. and he does he really does he really and that. he stuck it out too he was on the book for like a hundred issues yeah and he and did now, it yep. he, he, he did he killed on it yeah now yep. sophie has a vision too the whole time you guys Sophie's were had a about, vision for Sophie's had a vision since before IDW even had the turtles. Yeah. <laughs> like she's yeah, been obsessed. I, uh, Sophie, like, I, knew, I, I knew Sophie when Sophie was Ross, and I love that. I love I love both. I love Sophie very much. So Sophie was um, Ross Campbell actually he used to do the book uh, Wet Moon, I think, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. wait, wait, before she, uh, she became Sophie, and uh, you know it's just so strange. I know I knew Ross for so long, but I mean it was. You know, and then it was like, oh my gosh, it's Sophie Campbell. It's like, you're looking at it, you're looking at the work that Sophie's done. I mean, Glory has, was wonderful. And then, but Sophie does have a vision too. I want to see what that vision is. I want to see mm-hmm. the complete vision before I commit, commit to the whole thing. But I think it's there. I think, I think she's going to get it. It's amazing. Cause the whole time you guys were talking about Eric Larson, all I could picture is at Image Studios, wherever the guys were working on the Turtles book. The extent of him being involved was just walking by the room, poking his head go- in and going, Ninja Turtles! Yeah! Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. well, that, but, but that's how it feels, though. It feels like he didn't... He, I also don't think Eric Larson has a vision, honestly. I feel like he had one for Savage Dragon, but he didn't know how to pull it off. So mm. now it's stuck with son, son of Savage Dragon and, and, and like, well, I've, porn. I I don't Again, we're repeating ourselves, but recently on the show, I talked about how I've done a recent reread of Savage Dragon, and I said the same thing. It's like, especially like the first like 10 issues, it's yeah. all over the place, and I'm like, man, I thought I was just gonna like, like have like a straightforward story here. And the second issue, like, you get the first issue where you introduce the characters, and then issue two, Savage Dragon is out of Chicago in New York with the Ninja Turtles. None of the characters we just introduced are here. Yeah. And then the third issue, I think he's still in New York. And it's like, yeah. it's like they, this is the type of thing that should have happened 50 issues in where you've have established your world, but instead That's you're right. like breaking the world apart. He's constantly killing characters. And it's like, I get it. You want to kill characters, but and then he's bringing them back as somebody else. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And I don't care. I just don't care about these people, you know, anyway. 
Well, yeah, I know you're running out of time here. Yeah. Um, why, why don't you just uh, tell our listeners, this is going to be up in about summertime. I don't know if you have any projects coming out around, you oh, know, God, summertime-ish. Well, I do have a summertime project. I'll be still be working on the film The Haunted, The Haunted and The Haunted, which I'm still be working on. So okay. check it out when it does get. But I, I'm actually doing in September, um, September of this year, I'm doing the Bill Finger play about the creation of Batman. Oh, nice. Yeah, oh, nice. but I'm doing it. We're, we're doing it. I'm doing it in New York. Uh, for New I'll York vouch. I went to his. I, he did a play about uh, Steve Ditko that I went to. It was fantastic. So I'm, I'm yeah, sure this, it's just as good. So yeah, everybody be, go this, see this play. Thank you. Yeah, it'll be in New York Comic Con uh, in October. And it might be in Johnstown. It was finishing the details right now, so it might be be, be done by tomorrow morning. Uh, but we might go to Johnstown, uh, Pennsylvania, with it again touring. So okay. it's. Uh, so I go from Rhode Island to Johnstown to New York's New York uh, Comic Con. So I'm excited about it. Nice, like, very, very good. You'll be able to see like, Rhode Island now, so don't, don't worry about that. <laughs> so. I like that you're the champion of the the other guy. I love that. Works. That's what it's all about, man. So one day, maybe someone will defend me. Who knows? But I don't know. But I, there's there's a lot of injustices that might, must be. Comic books teach us that injustice must be uh, righted. So that's what that's what my <laughs> job is as a writer. Anyway, <laughs> thank you guys. I love this. It's right. so much fun. Yeah, thank you very much for being on, and we'll definitely have you back again, maybe in exactly yeah. one year from today, like last time. <laughs> I look forward to seeing you in March of 2023. <laughs> All, right. All right, we'll talk to you in a year. Thank you very much. Thank you, brothers. Have a good night. Take care. Right. You too. Bye. Bye-bye.